Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 113 of the Mo Money Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Morehouse, and thank you so much for joining me for the second to last episode of season four of the show. Um, So I have got this wonderful episode, my last interview episode of the season, and then next week I will be sharing a final uh, solo episode with myself to kind of uh, give you a recap of what... Uh, you know, the season's been about some of my favorite guests and also just uh, what I've been up to these past six months since my, you know, uh, first solo episode of the season. A lot has happened, so I definitely want to update you and uh, give you just uh, an idea of what I've got uh, going on in the future. So, uh, but before I get to that solo episode next week, this week, I've got an amazing, amazing episode for you. I'm interviewing two of my favorite people, America's uh, favorite personal finance couple, Talit and Ty from His and Her Money. They are such a cute couple and they have got an amazing website with some great blog posts, but they also have a fabulous uh, podcast and YouTube channel. I don't know how they do it all so well, but they do. So uh, I am going to chat with them in this episode about, you know, managing your money as a couple and relationships and uh, how to do it successfully because they've definitely found the secret sauce for doing it. Um, So you are going to absolutely love this episode and uh, I'm going to get to it right now. Hello, and uh, thank you, Ty and Talat, for joining me on the Mo Money podcast. I'm super excited to chat with you both. This is the first time I feel like I've had two guests on at once. Wow, thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, we're super excited to be here. Absolutely. So it was, it was a pleasure to meet you in person at FinCon uh, because I've been following you guys for a long time. So it was it was a little bit of a celebrity moment. Like, oh, my gosh, it's his and her money. <laughs> it was great meeting you as well. The feeling is absolutely mutual. mutual. Oh, right. oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a big fan of yours, but I'm also a big fan of your guys' story. It's super uh, relatable and just super motivating and inspiring, uh, especially your dynamic which is I find very interesting especially me being married and me and my husband are very kind of similar to you guys I'm the one good with money my husband not so much and so we've been you know together 10 years married for four and you know we've had to learn from each other how to manage money and and you know how to do that without arguing how to make smart decisions together so I'm excited to chat with you about uh all of your uh wisdom because you've been together or you've been married for eight years and you've gone through a lot of ups and downs when it comes to your money yeah we've actually been married for 10 years oh a decade now yeah 10 oh and there a half you go years. yeah <laughs> well happy anniversary guys thank, thank you, you. <laughs> well our story is i think an incredible one um and i i don't think it's as unique as we first thought i think that there are a lot of people in our boat but i don't think that the outcome was the same Mm -hmm. and so we started our marriage off as two polar opposites from a financial standpoint although we both had very similar upbringings we both grew up in two-parent households uh, middle class and our parents took care of their finances and things of that nature but Mm -hmm. for me personally my parents were very frugal, I think is the politically correct Mm -hmm. term. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when my friends were going to school with the brand new Air Jordans on, I was going to school with the Payless versions. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, you know, that wasn't always appealing to me. And so I grew up with this 
mentality that the way they were handling money, although as an adult, I can see that the way that they were doing things was the right way to do it because they were able to retire comfortably, debt-free, their house was paid off, their cars were paid off, and they were able to have the retirement that a lot of people can't have because of the decisions that they made. But as a teenager, I left the house at 17, joined the military, and was out on my own, had my own income. And my mindset was, I'm going to do everything the complete opposite of what my parents did because I didn't like the way it felt to not have all the nice, shiny things that my friends had. So when I got my own money, I went out and got a bunch of nice and shiny things. And I ended up in a bunch of debt and had nothing to show for it. Mm -hmm. I went just crazy with spending, developed some awful spending habits. I mean, my mentality was just awful. If there was money in my account and payday was a couple days away, I just felt like there was no reason for that money to stay in my account. I needed to find something to buy. What's the point of keeping that money in there if some more money is on the way? Mm -hmm. Because I had to have everything with the name brand now that I was out on my own. And eventually it caught up to me and eventually it overcame me because I was not only spending every last dollar that I had, but I began to spend dollars that I didn't have and begin to get credit, credit cards and loans and payday loans and loans from other loans and payday loans to pay off the other payday loans. And I ended up with over $30,000 worth of debt. Nothing good to show for it. I didn't have a degree, didn't have any real estate. I just had a bunch of dumb stuff mm -hmm. and nothing positive came from my reckless financial habits. And I ended up in a terrible cycle, frustrated and just trying to figure out what in the world am I doing with my money? And it was just a terrible, terrible feeling while at the same time, I was falling in love <laughs> with somebody who was completely the opposite of me. Totally opposite uh, of him. I, on the other hand, grew up um, in a family of five. It was five children, and I am an identical twin. So I was used to not always getting what I want. I had to always share and things like that. So when it came a time for me to purchase my own vehicle at the age of 18. I went out and bought it on my own and paid it off in like less than 13 months. Wow. I completely despised and hated money. Hated mm -hmm. debt, rather. Sorry, I hated debt. I hate being <laughs> in debt. Um, I love money. That's why I want to keep money and yep. pay it off of my debt, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so then I was also able to go to college and work my way through college completely debt-free. And then, as Tyler said, I married and met him and fell in love and we got married. And he was a total opposite of me. So needless to say, it was like both our worlds collided and it was a disaster waiting to happen. Absolutely. I'm curious, like you, uh, what was the conversation like when you were, you know, getting serious in your relationship and thinking about getting married and then, you know, the big reveal, oh, we are very different money personalities. Like how did that go? And did that kind of, I don't know, make you second guess anything? Um, well, the way that it really started out, I thought Tyler was great with money. He led me to believe that he was. Um, I knew that he was in the military getting paid very well. Um, he had roommates that he lived with. So in my mind, I didn't know what he was spending his money on. He didn't have any children or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like he had to take care of any other obligations except himself. So I thought he was just saving money mm -hmm. and stacking money aside. And then three months uh, prior to us getting married, was when it all came out that he actually had more debt than I thought that he had. And mm -hmm. it was devastating. Oh, yes, I absolutely <laughs> did. I did second guess whether or not I should walk down the aisle um, mm -hmm. simply because honesty is big and integrity mm -hmm. is big. 
in my book. And so I want to share that with everybody out there. If you are in a serious relationship and you're planning on marrying, you know, this person, be honest. That's the best thing you could do is be honest. Share with them if you have any debt. See, telling all the other side of it, you know, mm-hmm. he was working a second job to pay off this debt before we got married. So he was doing the right things. He just wasn't involving me mm-hmm. um, in it. I was unaware of what he was doing. And so but he had fear that I was going to run the other way and leave him. And so and I actually did the opposite. Mm-hmm. So when you decided, okay, no, I, I'm going to choose love and we're going to work out this together. Um, you know, what was your kind of game plan? You're just like, okay, your debt is my debt now. And we're gonna, we're gonna figure this out together. Absolutely. Uh, surprisingly, like my wife said, I thought that if I came clean, that that was going to drive her away because she was this, this finance guru. She had a mm-hmm. finance degree. She was working for one of the premier financial institutions in all the world and doing well at it, getting awards and accolades in mm-hmm. this industry. And I was just this money idiot. <laughs> and so I thought that if I told her the truth, she would run, but she actually didn't. Mm-hmm. She took that approach that you just mentioned. She said, well, your debt is no longer your debt. It's our debt. We are marrying you and I'm marrying everything that comes with you. And we're going to tackle this as a team and we're going to unite together. And that's exactly what we did. And because of that, we were able to become debt free within the first year of our marriage because we decided at that point that it was no longer going to be his and hers, it was going to be ours. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that is, I guess answers kind of my other question is how do you manage your money together? It's something that uh, I kind of shared on my blog recently with my husband. We kind of do a separate but together. So we don't pool everything together. We kind of, you know, have our joint uh, kind of money, but then we also have uh, separate accounts for everything. And that just kind of works for us. But it seems like you kind of do, you know, our money is our money completely. I'm, I'm so curious how you manage that uh, without arguing. <laughs> <laughs> without killing each other. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> You know, we're just old school in that way. I think we're a product of our environments. That's mm-hmm. the way we grew up. Both our parents operated in that in that um, way. And so for us, that was kind of like a no brainer. Mm-hmm. She asked me that question uh, during our you know engagement phase, what I thought about it. And I said, well, like I thought everybody put their money together. Like, I, you know, I didn't know there mm-hmm. were these other options out there. But no, we're, we're old school. Um, we have multiple bank accounts. Like that's one of the things that we're well known for is this. A uh, video we did on YouTube called "Why We Have 13 Bank Accounts." Everybody like 13 bank accounts. What <laughs> in the world? Uh, but it makes sense once you uh, hear the details of it. But every last account are joint accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have built-in fund money that right. is independent, but our finances are all together. Um, that's just that's just how we roll. You know, yeah. we know that you know it's not the norm. We know you know. I think it is actually the- when I kind of talked about it. It seemed like oh, most okay. married couples do that, and I was like the outsider. I'm like, oh, I thought everyone kind of did it like me. So they treat who us knows? like we, they treat us like we're speaking another language. Oh, really? We, we get up there like, what? We can't do that. No way. You got to have a little something, something on the side. But. <laughs> No, uh, we just we're that's we're all about it. We're we're in this thing 100 percent with all the accounts. Mm-hmm. We just it, it just comes down to having consistent communication at first, mm-hmm. you know, especially when you're first getting married, you're trying to figure out how to be a husband and wife. You're trying to figure out everything because you just be, you just left the phase of being totally independent. And now you're coming together and you got to share everything. So, yeah, it's tough up front. But I think that the important thing was you got to have the communication um, 
consistently and you got to be outlining like goals like where are we trying to go why are we mm-hmm. doing this what's the point of it all i think when you're talking about those types of things when you're not afraid to dream together and to discuss how the decisions that you're making today are getting you closer to your dream i think that mitigates some of the arguments and the fights that come up around personal finance because you're you both have a clear understanding of the direction that you're driving and i think conflict arises when one or none of you mm-hmm. have any idea where you're headed financially and you don't see the point of mm-hmm. doing what you're doing you know that leaves a lot of room for controversy and questioning but if you're constantly talking and just saying you know, what you're doing, you know, you're making this sacrifice so you can pay off the credit card or you're making this choice so that you can build wealth for your kids. You know, when you all are discussing this ahead of time, it makes those other conversations a little bit easier because you both see why you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And when do you kind of discuss, you know, what if your kind of priorities change or your goals change? Uh, you know, you can't, I think that's kind of a, a common thing. Whereas, you know, over time, sometimes you're like, I don't think I, I care about that anymore. I want to kind of focus more on this. Do you have kind of regular money meetings or how do you kind of keep the conversation flowing and, and, and making sure everything's open out in the open? Yeah, we actually do. Um, every single month, you know, when we sit down and we do our budget, that also opens up the opportunity for us to be able to express uh, any concerns, anything uh, that we wanted to change, or even goal goals or goal changes. Um, we also do a big, huge powwow uh, in the beginning of the year where we sit down and we really like uh, do goal dumping, where we just dump all of our goals individually and collectively, uh, personally and for business, spiritually, and things mm-hmm. like that. And of course, it it does sometimes change throughout the year. Um, we just come back together and we just discuss it and talk about it and then plan accordingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's okay to pivot. Yeah. You know, the 10 the 10 year version of talent and ties completely from year 1 and year 2. Oh, yeah. For for starters, we didn't have kids back then, so mm-hmm. we were a lot more riskier in the sense of we were uh willing to take more investment type risks that maybe had a high risk high reward type scenario. Well, now we're a little more conservative in our choices cuz we have 3 kids and we can't afford, you know, to 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 blow it, you know, mm-hmm. when we got three little mouths to feed. And so it's okay to pivot, but again, it goes back to that communication. Now, that's not always going to be easy cuz sometimes one of you wants to pivot and the other doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's our story too. But it comes down to hearing your spouse hearing what they have to say, hearing their heart. And in that, you can begin to understand and maybe even see their viewpoint. And if you can't go all the way to their side, at least maybe you can find some common ground. Yeah. And that's part of marriage. You got to find ways to compromise, right? There it is. Every time. Absolutely. So I'm so curious, how did his and her money start? Whose idea was it? And why did you want to kind of share your story and just some of your financial wisdom with uh, the masses? Yeah, it was something that we were doing without a name, without a website for years, just just mm-hmm. locally, because our story was so crazy and we learned so many lessons along the way. And we were doing things countercultural, you know, getting out of debt isn't, you know, vogue, you know, mm-hmm. especially back, you know, when we got married, 2006, 2007, that was the 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 economic uptick where everybody was making money in all these different ways, hand over fist. Yeah. And we're like, now, you know, you got to get out of debt. Debt freedom is the way to to be free and all that. And so, you know, we were counterculture and people would kind of dog us out, talk about us, tell us it doesn't take all that. And then 2008, 2009 comes and the whole world changes from a financial standpoint. 
And people started to have more of an ear to what we had been saying because times got really tough for everybody. And so we were helping people that were in our circle that would begin to ask us questions because they saw now what we were saying was real and we weren't affected by the, the economic uh, recession in the same way that other people were. We were all right, you know, because mm-hmm. of the decisions that we made early on. And so really just a couple of years ago, we were just out on a date and one of our favorite little spots to go to. And, you know, I just I just said, you know, I, I just feel like we should do something together because my wife mm-hmm. had experience as a blogger before and had experienced her own success in a completely different niche. And I was like, you know what, you and I, we should do something. You know, we love talking to people about finance like there was anytime we got to talk to people it would we would light up on the inside and mm-hmm. so it, it was obvious that this was a passion something that we love to do something we were created to do and so we were like you know we help people around here all the time what if we could help more people by taking our message online mm-hmm. and so you know we on the way home we started talking about different names and we i don't know what some of the other names were <laughs> but then it came out wait what do you think about his and her money and we both just looked at each other like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> that's it. And then my wife pulled out her phone. She went to GoDaddy.com. She's like, it's got to be gone. Somebody has to have that name. And it was there. And here we are. Wow. <laughs> the rest is history. I'm so curious how it is to, you know, live together, be married together, but also work together for, you know, you've got a blog, a podcast, a YouTube channel. How is that? You don't get sick of each other. <laughs> No, actually, we don't. Do you get sick of me? Well, I don't get sick of you. Uh oh. No, not yeah. at all. Not at all. This is this is actually yeah, we, we love, love this. it. We, we do. love it. Really I think that's it. really the only reason that it does work because, yeah. like you just said, we are everywhere, and some people call us crazy for being on all these different platforms. But the truth is, I have a, a background professionally in education, and so I understand that everybody doesn't learn in the same way. So if I just write a blog post every day. That's only going to get to a certain group of people. It's not going to get to the masses. And so what we've learned is to take our material, our lessons, and strategically put it out in various modes. So written, audio, video. So whatever the way is that you learn the best, we want to make sure that you get this content so that your life can be changed in, in a positive way. And so the reason why we can like have the energy and strength to do this is because we truly love helping people see mm-hmm. the light and see that they can get their finances in a better place and they don't have to be so stressed out about it like they are now. Absolutely. And I think that comes across pretty clearly. That's why I think I was so drawn to you guys is you're just such positive, happy people. <laughs> and it's like, you know, you just, you know, there's a lot of people um, kind of saying the same things or, or teaching personal finance, but it really comes down to, wow, you guys are, you know, really positive, motivating people. I want to learn from you. Um, that kind of one thing I'm very curious about, because you do have some awesome lessons that you share on all of your platforms. Uh, where do you kind of come up with the material? Is it a lot of it based on your personal experiences or people writing into you and, and just you know, kind of doing some research? A lot of it is based off of our personal experience. Um, we don't mind uh, sharing uh, the ins and outs of this entire journey. Um, I think that's what makes us appeal to a lot of people. Uh, we're authentic and it, it comes across very realistic because mm-hmm. it is, it's real life. Mm-hmm. And other couples and other people, singles also, they're able to look at us and say, oh, wow, okay, they're also going through that. Or they also experience something like that. 
Um, so we find that our life's experience um, is the best teacher. Uh, we also get questions uh, from our viewers and um, we'll turn those into contents. But for the most part, it's it's personal experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what would you say are some of the most, uh, you know, important things or, or just like biggest life experiences that you're, you know, you're glad that you have the platform that you can share because maybe some people, you know, there's nowhere to find this kind of information. I'm glad that we were able to figure out how to get on the same page because that's one of the biggest Mm-hmm. Most consistent questions we get, you have one spouse who sees things one way and uh, the other spouse sees it completely opposite. And we were the same way, you know, even after we decided to get on the same page, there were still some learning experiences we had to go through. Uh, for, I'll give you an example. One of the decisions that we made at the beginning, which kind of seemed to make sense on the surface was, well, Ty, since you're such a genius with money, why don't you handle all the financial situations mm-hmm. and you just let me know, you know, kind of what we're doing and we'll just go with that. Uh, you know, Ty was the one that was smart with the finances. She had a finance degree and worked in finance. Mm-hmm. So you do the finances. And we went with that for a while. But the problem was we were both silently and individually building up resentment towards each other. Mm-hmm. I was building up resentment because I was beginning to feel like a child being handed this allowance I knew what my annual salary was compared to what I was getting to Mm -hmm. spend. And it just didn't add up. It didn't match at all. Not whatsoever. And she began to feel resentment because she was taking all this time and effort to put our finance in order, budget and line things up, create a debt payment plan and make the payments and make sure that we were meeting our goals and things of that nature. And I was just like, I don't listen. I need more money. Mm -hmm. And we were bumping heads because we were not operating as a team. We weren't. Mm-hmm. She was doing all the work and I was doing just on the all sidelines. The I was the just whining. on the sidelines. Just like, uh, I don't get it. This is not working. I don't like it. Wah, wah, wah. And so what we learned is that if we really want to be successful, and if anybody out there that's in a couple wants to be successful with their finance, you got to operate as a team. Now, when you hear the word team, you, you start to automatically think, yeah, they got to do half and I do half right. and that's how we roll 50-50. No, that's not always how teams work. Teams work when everybody on the team is just doing their part. Now that sometimes will look like a 50-50 exchange, but not always. We like to talk and uh, give the analogy. We're from Chicago, Chicago, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And so in the 90s, Everything was a buzz around here about the Chicago Bulls. They were in the midst of winning six NBA championships. And on those early teams, you had a guy named Michael Jeffrey Jordan. And everybody Mm -hmm. hears that name and everybody knows about MJ. But if I say the name B.J. Armstrong, uh, a lot of folks in the audience are going to be like, who in the world was B.J. Armstrong? Well, if you do a little research, you'll see that the two guard was Michael Jeffrey Jordan and the point guard was B.J. Armstrong. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason you don't know B.J. Armstrong is because Michael Jordan outshined him and mostly everybody on the team. But here's the thing. B.J. Armstrong played his role well. Mm-hmm. He played his role extremely well as the point guard and the distributor on the court. Michael Jordan played his role well. He played his role extremely well. And because both of them played their roles extremely well, they became champions. Now, did BJ have the same amount of responsibility that Michael had? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But they both played to their strengths, and that was the key to their success. Not one of them being on the sidelines and one of them doing all the work, but both parties playing to their strengths. 
Ooh, I like that sports analogy. I don't usually care for, don't care about sports, but I'm into that one. (laughs) (laughs) We like to paint the picture so everybody can kind of get it. Yes, absolutely. What kind of on that same thread is what if you are in a relationship and you're really into uh, money and you're really interested in it, but your partner just isn't? How do you kind of create this team when, you know, it's, you know, managing your money together? How do you get them excited about it? Well, we always tell uh, couples, you never want uh, to pretty much beat your spouse over the head about mm-hmm. money, money, money. Listen to his or her money. What, l- listen to what Dave Ramsey says. Listen to what Jessica says, you know, uh, because then they're going to push you away. Mm-hmm. And so we always uh, tell couples that you can be the change that you want to see. first. Okay. So you make the changes first. So if that means that now you're going to have to start taking your lunch to work, um, to save money. As a matter of fact, we interviewed a couple on our show, the his and her money show. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened. They were able to pay over a hundred thousand dollars. First, uh, the husband didn't want to participate. Mm -hmm. So the wife, she started to make changes and her husband stepped back and he noticed the changes from afar. Mm-hmm. and he didn't want uh, to be left out. He saw that she was making sacrifices and things like that, so he jumped um, right on in and started making changes and sacrifices, and then they were both able to become uh, debt-free. So first, it doesn't mean that you both have to start off at the exact same time. Uh, and then two, most times that spouse that does not want to talk about money or maybe they don't want to pay off debt and things like that, they they have a fear that their life as they know it is going to change. Mm-hmm. Maybe they won't get to go hang out with the guys or the girls, or maybe they won't have spending money and they can't go shopping and buy certain items whenever they get ready to. But they actually can do all of the above. You just have to budget for it. So I think proper communication around uh, different topics. Matter of fact, we have some couples that write into us and they say, Ty and Talent, every single Sunday we sit down and we're watching your show together. Um, and then that causes the couples to start to have, you know, conversations and be able to communicate about the topic. So you can even do something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Another sneaky tactic that we love to teach people is to go out on a dream date. So instead Ooh. of going out and talking about how much debt you're in, just ask the spouse that's a little reluctant, just say like, man, if you could have have things your way what would what would life look like five mm-hmm. years from now like and, and encourage them like don't you know be afraid to dream big like if you could really have it your way like what would be different how would life for us look five years from now and as they begin to outline the the picture that they see you know encourage them and cheer them on and say yeah man i, I would love to do that i want i want to help us get there just like you do mm-hmm. and then that can lead into the conversation of what it would take to get there mm-hmm. you know what i mean but mm-hmm. let allow them to first like see what life could be like if they took control without getting into the the x's and the o's the numbers and the dollar signs sometimes we just need to give space and allow ourselves to see our life in an ideal situation that'd be good for you and it'd be good for them Absolutely. Oh, I like that idea. Um, before I let you go, I would absolutely love, since I know a lot of people write into you and ask you um, your advice, what is one of the most, I'm going to kind of, this is twofold. What's one of the most common questions you get and what's maybe one of the most bizarre questions you've ever gotten? Well, the most common one uh, would have been the one that we've shared about how do you get uh, yeah. both parties on the same page at the exact same time. Uh, because I think that people look at us and they see that we're a money couple. Mm -hmm. And so we attract more couples and majority of the couples, they do have financial differences. Some, one of them is a spender, one of them is a savior. So they're trying to figure out, okay, how do we both get on the same page? So I would say that's probably the most common. Uh, the most bizarre 
Oh. I know, it's a tricky one. Bizarre. <laughs> we had the one guy who was single and like, I think he had oh. a wedding ring. And yeah. yeah. And I don't think it was, well, yeah, I think it would be bizarre to other people. Yeah. Right. It was a unique situation. Yeah, it was a unique situation. But and in our eyes, we were like, wow, that's really smart. Yeah. He uh, was just basically asking like, is he like, is he doing, doing too, too much? Because yeah. everybody's telling him he's doing too much. He was a single guy, didn't mm-hmm. have a girlfriend, anything like that. He, you know, worked his way out of debt. Got his finances in order and even bought a ring for when he does meet uh, Mrs. Yeah, he Wright. A, he started a sinking fund. Right. Oh, wow. So he was like, man, for am I doing too ring. much? Because everybody's telling me I'm crazy and all that. What do you guys think? And so, you know, we we cheered him on. We said, nah, you're a proactive thinker. And, right. you know, don't let broke people tell you how to <laughs> how to do the right thing with your money because they're going to be asking you for advice in a minute. That's right. true. That's Yeah, true. he knew that one of his goals was to be married one day. And so he created a sinking phone where he just started putting money aside for his future, you know, spouse's ring. And so I, I thought it was great. I, I bet his future wife is ex- <laughs> like, will la- be so happy that he did that. <laughs> no right, doubt. right. No doubt. Right. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the show. I feel like I could probably talk to you for hours and just pick your brains about <laughs> money and relationships. So I, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with me. Thank you so much for having us. We really enjoyed ourselves. Absolutely. This was a blast. And that was episode 113 with Talit and Ty from His and Her Money. Make sure to check them out at hisandhermoney.com and their fabulous podcast with the same name and YouTube channel. I will, of course, link to everything in the show notes to make it easy for you to find out more all about them and what they're up to now. Just go to jessicamorehouse.com slash 113. 113 for episode 113 and you can find out all that good stuff there because they are amazing uh and like i mentioned this is the second to last episode of the season next week will be my final episode of the season a solo episode with myself and uh i am super excited to take a break from podcasting enjoy the summer a little bit uh put my focus into a couple other projects i've got going on uh including my own youtube channel that uh, i'm very excited about to create some more videos for y'all but uh i also am really excited to reach out to some new guests for the new season which will start, uh, I'm thinking, late September, early October. So if there's anyone in particular that um, maybe you've heard another show or you just love and you think would be awesome for this show, I'm always up for some suggestions. All you have to do is, you know, let me know. Give me a tweet or send me an email, jessica at jessicamoros.com for a nice little suggestion. Um, and uh, we can see what's going on because uh, I'm super pumped for uh, next season and everything that could happen. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to take a break, but then I'm excited to get back to work. Um, so a, a big thank you to everyone who's been listening, but especially those of you who have left me an iTunes review recently. And as promised, I'm going to give y'all a shout out. Um, and I'm going to start with C and K from Canada. Uh, they say, I love this podcast as someone who is fairly young and new to the world of personal finance. I enjoy the variety of topics Jessica explores as well as the diverse experiences of the people she interviews. It's so refreshing 
refreshing and motivating to hear people's personal stories, not just their successes, but their failures or bad habits as well. I always feel motivated after listening. Thanks, Jessica. Well, thank you, CNK from Canada, for giving me an iTunes review. The next one I've got is from Australia. Yeah. Um, this is from Arabelle KZE from Australia. Uh, Jessica, love your interviews and podcasts, especially the one with El Martinez. Agreed. Love her. Thank you for bringing guests who give practical advice that everyone can implement. You are welcome, Arabelle. And a couple more. I've got Brooke Craven from the US of A. Jessica, the host of the Mo Money podcast, highlights aspects of investing and personal finance in this can't miss podcast. Jessica, an expert guest, offer insightful advice and information that is helpful to anyone that listens. Well, I sure hope so, Brooke. So I'm glad that's what you think. Appreciate your review. And last but not least, got Pogo Chenard from Canada. Jessica is a great, refreshing host and brings wonderful perspectives from herself and her guests. Get to listening, folks. You won't regret it. I agree. You will not regret listening. I hope you haven't regretted listening because there's a lot of episodes in case you're starting at episode one and made it up until now. So uh, thank you everyone for listening and sending me an iTunes review. If you would like to uh, get a shout out on a future episode, either for next week or um, in for season five, uh, starting in the fall. Super easy, just takes two seconds, really. You can do it on your phone or I believe on your desktop and uh, just have to give me a iTunes review of what you think and what you want to tell me and I will give you a shout out, a big thank you and read out your review on an episode. Super easy peasy, lemon squeezy and it'll be super, super fun. So uh, that's it for me. I'm going to stop yapping. I'm going to let you uh, get to the rest of your day. Uh, but thanks for listening super, super much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I will see you back here next week for my last episode of the season. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.